The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So we have a couple of new people joining us tonight. No problem. Slide right in. I'll do a brief summary. And um, are you okay, Maureen? You got got a sound? Okay. So Liz and I will co-teach tonight. Bruni is at Spirit Rock, helping um, at the month-long retreat there, and sends her best. So uh, she sends her goodbye and hello from afar. So tonight um, we'll start just by a basic, a brief review of the five hindrances. We'll talk a little bit about um, the hindrance that we discussed last week. And we will introduce the final hindrance for the series. Um, and then we'll end um, by kind of summarizing all of our reflections over the course and, um, and wrap it up. So. so the five hindrances are typically taught in um, a different order than we offered them. And uh, the first hindrance we taught is doubt, which is typically taught as the final hindrance. So uh, tonight, um, instead of the final hindrance being doubt that we focus on, we'll be focusing on restlessness and worry. The first hindrance that is typically taught is um, the hindrance of desire or greed. And if you think about... um, bodily experience of this hindrance it's an experience of leaning toward leaning in in the simile of the pond the mind that is free of hindrance is a mind that is clear like clear water it's very clear reflection clear ability to see what is there what is within without any interference in the mind that has greed in it, the, the pond would be um, infused with color so that the color affects that which you see and how you perceive it. So it's sort of like our, our uh, I think, classic um, simile these days is wearing rose-colored glasses, right? That when we look at something, we see it as really desirable. We're seeing it from a perspective of... Um, all the positives and and sort of it filters how we're relating. And that is what the hindrance does. It sort of like filters or affects how we see what we're looking at. The second hindrance is the hindrance of ill will or aversion. And that, the bodily energy, is one that would typically be pushing away or pulling away. This energy of uh, not wanting not liking, in most extreme form, you know, wanting to harm what's there. And um, this hindrance would be, in terms of the pool of water, seen as boiling water, right? So there's a lot of activity and boiling and heat, so it's not something you can really get close to without potentially getting injured, You cannot see into the pond to see what's really underneath the hindrance, but rather just experience this torrent of energy. The third hindrance is uh, sloth and torpor. And um, so that's the energy of sloth and torpor is not going toward or pushing away, but almost being cast in cement or this heaviness, this weightedness. this tired kind of can feel like a tiredness, um, can feel like being imprisoned. And the simile with the pond is a water filled with green algae, thick, dense. There's no clear clarity, right? So with sloth and torpor, you know, the sloth is referencing the physical energy in the body and the torpor is the difficulty getting the mind to move, difficulty getting the mind to engage. It can feel like there's a lack of energy, but really it's a block. The energy is blocked, our access to 
our energy is is not free. The fourth hindrance is the hindrance of restlessness and worry. And that energy can be like very intense energy, very difficult to sit with. It can be like a a super ball bouncing around inside of ourselves. You know, it can be not able to find comfort, moving constantly, restlessness. It can be um, even convulsions or, you know, the body just sort of shaking in most intense forms. So it's like there's too much energy and it's stuck <laughs> and bouncing around inside and making it very difficult for one to, to come to a place of ease or stillness, right? In the mind, that can be like the, you know, thinking is just sort of nonstop, relentlessly going round and round, right? Just sort of, you, you can't come to a place of easily observation, but rather you're just caught in this torrent, and the simile of the pool with restlessness and worry is like a wind-blown pond where there's waves and ripples and movement so that it's constantly distorting and you're unable to see within clearly again. And the fifth hindrance of doubt can be um, like an energy that that affects you and that it's hard to, you might, typically it's like you might start, want to start something, but then you kind of uh, lose lose the motivation to continue because you start to question your ability to do it right or you question whether this practice is the right practice. So you start maybe meditating on the breath and then you think, no, I need to meditate on the body. No, I need to do listening meditation. No, let me try and do all of them. Kind of a feeling of just like nothing is um, really connecting for you because everything gets sort of um, muddled. And the pond analogy for this one is like mud right so it's mud, thick dark mud right in the pond and that's kind of what happens in the mind and it is uh, the reason we started with this hindrance is because if we have doubt and we don't know it it really undermines our our confidence and our commitment to follow through with the practice and it, it undermines our confidence in our capacity to be present for our experience. So in order to, to inspire or support a sense of um, confidence, that's where we started with this class. So last week we talked about sloth and torpor. I'm wondering if anyone had an encounter, a visit by sloth, sloth and torpor this past week that they would be willing to share with a group as a way of reflecting on what we talked about and how you applied it in your life. Great. I think what happened for me was that I was able to connect my personal life of sloth that flowed into my meditation. Nice. Can you say a little more? Uh, well, um, I've been struggling with, I took a year off from work and I've been struggling with and feeling very disillusioned about now I need to go back to work, but what do I, what do I want to do? I really don't want to go back to the old career. And I'm, I'm kind of like disillusioned and not putting my full energy into it. And I notice that when I'm meditating at times, I'm bored, I'm falling asleep, and I'm trying to find some self-compassion for myself around this, but I'm having a hard time. Mm. But that was just something I noticed. That How was it for you to recognize, oh, 
Yeah, it was kind of an epiphany, but then yeah. I was left with, hmm, now, <laughs> now how do I? Uh... But yeah, it was. I thought that was kind of neat that that happened. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, did you did you try anything with your meditation when you realized there was sloth and torpor? Did you use any sort of of the? Well, it doesn't happen every time. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't happening, I just yeah. wasn't going to bring it on. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just how I've been dealing with it. So. Uh-huh. And if it was present? I think I made the connection after, so I haven't really had a time to mm-hmm. deal yeah. with it, yeah. so to speak. I think it's huge that you had that connection, that you saw that. And very often, truthfully, we can see conditions in our life. We can, once we start to notice right, that these conditions are happening, we can see what might be going on in our life that's contributing to the hindrance arising in our meditation. Very, very much so. Really appreciate that. And... Um, something that I think is useful for every single hindrance and that is to see if you can summon any even modicum of self-compassion because we all have these and they're not that easy so thanks for naming that anyone else want to share any observations or experiences questions about the soft and torpor before we move into restlessness and worry So I wasn't here last week, so I missed the investigation of sloth and torpor. But one question that I have and that I experienced when I was here on Monday was the difference between sort of straight-up fatigue and sloth and torpor. Because on Monday I was definitely just tired. And I decided to just sort of go with it. (laughs) And uh, I had a nice little nap, but I also came (laughs) into some moments of peace and clarity so I guess I kind of accepted it but I do kind of I am a little bit confused about just the difference between fatigue and and this one the deciding factor is if you are truly sleep deprived or fatigued and you take a nap and when you wake up you're no longer I mean if you have sufficient sleep and then you wake up and you are no longer experiencing that heavy, dull, lethargic, uh, muddy feeling, then it was lack of sleep. Sloth and torpor, sometimes you can have plenty of sleep and you can still fall into sloth and torpor. You know, the dullness, the heaviness, the cloudiness, the mind being drifty. So sleep is kind of a determining factor. back on so some days I feel really great and excited and motivated and then the next day nothing really changed but all of a sudden my motivation goes down and I feel I don't want to go to work and I don't want to deal with anything I don't want to make calls I don't want to respond to emails and um, I know nothing changed physically for me and I had enough sleep but just some days I just feel that way. And so I know, you know, it's just something that's in my mind. But it's hard to, even though after knowing it, you know, meditation helps. Um, and that's kind of the only way that I can get grounded again. But sometimes, you know, it's still there. So that's just my comment. Yeah. I would say that... Um in a situation like that for me, um, sometimes I'm surprised when I recognize that there was there's some belief or, or thought that happened in the mind that sort of set the mind off in a particular direction. 
you know, um, like maybe there's a project coming up that I don't feel like is really my responsibility, but I've been handed it for some reason. And so there's some resistance in the mind to, to engaging, right? And you actually have, you hit the nail on, 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 you hit the nail right, but <laughs> um, when I start to investigate what had changed, I look back at the day before and how it ended. And in this particular case, I had to let somebody go that I really didn't want to let go. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that was, that was what was bothering me. Yeah. And then the next day I just felt like I had no energy. Yeah, so. it's so helpful to, to do some of this reflection and mm-hmm. sort of look for what are some of the underlying causes, you know, um, because like sloth and torpor, right, in that situation where it's a way of coping, but it's not really a very useful way of coping because we're ending up kind of just covering that green <laughs> mossy idea or algae. It's sort of like covering over what's really going on. And so then it prohibits us from touching into it. And it's because we didn't want to, right? But, um, but it's blocking our energy. Yeah. Great. So I should probably shift gears and spend a few minutes talking about restlessness and worry. And um, I would just want to say I think that this is a an incredibly common and powerful hindrance that can be like all of them, very subtle to very extreme, and that. Um, it can also very easily get activated when any of the other hindrances are um, happening, right? So um, it's, a, it's one that a lot of people, you know, as a therapist, I see a lot of people coming in around um, anxiety and restlessness and worry in their life. It's a big driver for people's um, unhappiness. Um, so I think it's, um, it's, it's a poignant one and one that... Uh, is incredibly common and sticky and keeps coming up and can be driven by even the subtlest resistance to to change in life, right? To impermanence or to difficulty or to worrying about the future or regretting the past. So um, it can feel like restlessness, it can feel like agitation, it can feel like overexcitement. So in the body, you know, it's that feeling of not being able to come to comfort, to settle, to rest. It can feel like there's bouncing energy, right? Some people really talk about it feeling like there's something inside that's just like trying to get out, bouncing around. It's a lack of comfort. You can want to bolt. You can feel shaky. These are all like you have had too much caffeine and these are just from the presence of the hindrance, right? In the mind, the mind can be scattered or it can have a persistence in terms of its thinking, just a sort of obsessiveness. Without a lot of good focus, and the mind typically will recoil when we try to get it to calm down, when we try and give it direction jumps around and it can also show up in, a, in, in funny ways at times like you wouldn't really expect to see it as a hindrance but sometimes when we're having a good meditation good meditation <laughs> where we're feeling some calm and we're feeling some peace and maybe we're starting to really just go oh this is so nice it actually can show up as excitement about the peace. And then we kind of can start to kind of get a little greedy, graspy, desiry, And it, it, it really upturns, upsettles that sort of ease and peace that we've just been experiencing. It also um, tends to come up if we're feeling a lot of pride, right? I'm doing a good job meditating. <laughs> Or, you know, if we're, we're clinging, like, oh, I just need to feel like this every time I sit down to meditate. So, 
it's an important one to start to see um, as it manifests, right? And to look again at these underlying causes. Another thing that's important, um, a, a cause for it can actually be pain, physical discomfort. And I think it's really, I really want to caution you all to, um, or encourage you all to be very tender and gentle with your bodies. And that if you have pain arise, to take time to acknowledge it and check in. Make sure it's not something that could cause harm. Make sure you aren't sitting in a way or pushing yourself in a way that might lead to injury. And once you establish what you need to do for your physical safety, not harming yourself, you know, then you can practice with being with pain without restless, without you know re- reacting to it and being restless if it's possible. But first, please make sure you aren't hurting yourself. I've had people tell me, you know, they were told to sit and to as- assume a meditation posture and to sit through the pain and try and be with and observe it and then come back and say they got hurt, that they were injured and they've been dealing with an injury as a result. Um, So take care of your bodies. They're precious and you only get one. (laughs) Um, Worry is kind of the other half of the agitation or the feeling and that can be fed or fueled by feelings of guilt, shame, regret, remorse about what one has done in the past or about an imagined future, right? So... Um, it's important to to notice where the mind is going and and see if there's a relationship between the feeling of restlessness and worry and what kinds of things the thought the mind's been thinking about. When we practice with restlessness and worry, um, it can be so strong that meditation can be counterindicated, contraindicated. Um, so we might need to ask ourselves. If there's been a serious harm done, do we need to make amends before we meditate? Maybe we need to get up and go say sorry to our loved one for how we just treated them or what just happened before we meditate, right? And that's a kindness to ourselves and to others. Maybe we need to do something more serious in terms of seeking some professional support and help in the form of therapy to help us process through things. So um, just to you know, acknowledge that there may be times that it's not useful to push ourselves to try and sit with restlessness and worry. If you decide that it's okay for you to sit with it, you want to just start by feeling it physically, coursing in your body. And I find it really helpful to create as much room as possible for the feelings and the energy. So in my mind, noticing if there's tightness around the feeling... Kind of imagine being in a big cathedral with lots of room for all the feelings to be, all the energy, all the bouncing to be contained in a bigger sphere. Acceptance, practicing acceptance of its presence and patience with it is also incredibly helpful and important. It's pretty important once you identify that this hindrance is present, that you don't have to get up and do anything to not give in to the compulsion to get up and defrost the freezer or call this person or do that person. You know, do this thing, that thing that's been waiting that you just remembered, oh my God, I have to do it. It's pretty important to not give in to those compelling ideas because it will feed the hindrance. Attention given in the form of energy feeds the hindrance. So notice when it's present, notice what triggered it. Frustrated desire, pent-up aversion, too much effort, and a general sense of dissatisfaction are all kind of common causes. Um, And then to think about prevention. How do we live a balanced life to support sort of creating a more even energy? Exercise, sleep, resting enough, not overworking, and behaving ethically, really making an effort to, 
to treat people with kindness, right? To not harm. Those are huge supports for the prevention of the rising of this hindrance. So do you think you're ready for a guided Bella practice with it? All right, so allowing yourself to get into your uh, meditation posture and, um, you know, allowing for some alertness as well as relaxation. Um, If it's comfortable for you, closing your eyes or looking at a neutral spot and allowing these first few minutes of just letting your self-settle your body your mind may need to just settle a little bit from the day's concerns you know perhaps letting some of the concerns be noticed and then letting them lift off or drift into background mode and allowing your body to be held you know allow gravity to relax your body if there are any tight spots from the day or tension from the day, perhaps as you breathe out, allowing that tension or stress to soften. Perhaps taking three long, slow, deep breaths and letting each out breath Soften and relax the body and mind. Gently and gradually letting your attention settle into the breath, breathing in and breathing out, or the arising of a series of things that come to your attention without getting caught in any of the arisings, but just noticing the arising and passing of the breath or other phenomena. If there's anything prominent that you're noticing in the body, allowing yourself to notice it and perhaps bringing some softness or ease to whatever is present. Sometimes it's a matter of softening around whatever is present in the body and sometimes it's a matter of allowing just letting it be there.
So now turning your attention to a simple memory, perhaps of a time that you felt shaky or restless or agitated or overexcited. Have you experienced a physical restlessness that felt like a lot of energy rising in the body? Or have you noticed times when your thinking was very distractible or very preoccupying? So just bringing to mind a time that you were having some difficulty focusing or tending to your meditation because of restlessness or worry. And that might be a past memory or it might be going on right now. Bringing up a time when the body or the mind felt like a wind-blown pond choppy waves. And the first thing we're going to do is the B of our Bella practice. So just being with, finding and feeling the energy in the body that goes with restlessness and worry. Just patiently allowing the experience of these sensations of that high energy in the body and in the mind. And opening up your awareness allowing whatever restlessness and worry you're experiencing to have lots of space. As if they were happening in a very big room. Then turning to the E of our BELLA acronym, examine how it arose. So being mindful of the underlying causes of this high energy state. So was there or is there any frustration or a pent up wanting to push something away. If there's worry present, are there any fears or resentments or thinking about the future that's bringing the worry to mind and fueling it? Is there some dissatisfaction present that's causing the mind to be restless? So this can be dissatisfaction even with this process of trying to find a restlessness or worry. Is there something that keeps your mind searching or bouncing around? So you found or are feeling the energy in the body and mind with it. You are examining how did it arise. And then next turning to the first L of Bella, lessening the restlessness and worry. 
So one way is to support any relaxation you feel, in, even in a small part of the body. If you feel any calm or any relaxation, allow yourself to land with that, be with that, feel it. Another way is to give more attention to your breath. So instead of feeding the restlessness or the worry, focus on this ongoing rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. Instead of perhaps letting yourself get caught up in the restlessness and worry, just allowing your mindfulness to take in that it's present and that there's a cause for it. Perhaps even relaxing the the thinking muscle, relaxing the muscles of your head and face and neck, so that there's not so much tension feeding any restlessness and worry. And then next, letting your attention turn to the second L of our BELLA acronym, and that's the letting go of restlessness and worry. So if you're experiencing restless and worry tonight, Uh, You can resolve to get a good night's sleep, get some good nutrition, maybe get some exercise tomorrow. Uh, If pain is present, not ignoring it, but allowing yourself to attend to the pain. uh, If it's something that's going to hurt you to shift the body a little bit to prevent that. Of course, if you notice any remorse or regret for anything that's happened during your day or or in your life, you can resolve to go talk to the person or do take the action that's necessary to prevent what has caused this restlessness or worry. And of course, if we were meditating here for a longer period and this hindrance of restlessness and worry were super strong, it might be time to get up, go out and take a walk before returning back to it. But as you are here being present with lessening and letting go of restlessness and worry, Turning to the final A of Bella, appreciating the absence. So if there is an absence right now in any way or a lessening of restlessness and worry, let yourself notice and feel the ease in your body and your mind. Letting that energy dissipate. Actually letting, letting yourself feel whenever restlessness and worry dissipate or let go a little bit, that it's beneficial for you and also all the people around you in your life. And finally, just recognizing how nourished your heart and mind are when these things come to a rest.
Just want to um, acknowledge that we had a couple people come in. Glad you're here. Don't know if you know, this is a sixth of six classes on hindrances. Very happy to have you and just fold in and there's handouts and um, just, just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, feel free to join the circle if you want or grab a hand, off, a hand out off of a chair. Um, so the next thing we're going to turn to is small group discussions about this. So um, as we have been doing the last few weeks, please find two people. Um, maybe you don't know one of them or maybe you don't know both of them, but find two other people and then just find a spot to be in the room. And what I'll do... Um, is then give you a question after that. Groups of three. You can just grab people that are sitting next to you if that's easiest. And it's also okay to have a group of two. Or it looks like a group of four. Okay, yeah, you could join that group if you'd like to be a group of four. Or two groups. Two groups of two. Yeah. Uh, So what we are going to do um, is we're going to do a little sharing on a couple of different questions. And as, as we do this, each person will have a full two minutes to share their own perspective about this. And the role of the other folks is simply to witness and listen. Just really deeply listening to the person who's speaking. And then I'll ring the bell and it'll be the next person's turn to speak. And you share for two minutes. And our first question, we're going to, I'm going to say the question and then I'm going to, we're going to pause for a minute to allow yourself some silent reflection on this. The first question is, um, what are some observations from that Bella practice you just did, whatever you noticed in that. So take just a minute to reflect on that, and then I'll ring the bell to start. And when we ring the bell to start, you can start with the person wearing the lightest color of shirt. So take a minute just to breathe and reflect on what you noticed in the bell practice before we start sharing. I'll ring the bell. Just take a minute to breathe and notice inside yourself what's happening. Okay, the first person starts and shares for the groups to discuss. And what we're doing is each person is sharing for two minutes while the others are listening, only listening, you know, silently. Um, So I'm going to pose this next question. And then again, I will give you one minute to just go quietly inside yourself and reflect on it. And then I'll ring the bell for your group to start. So the next question is, what role do restlessness and worry have in your life? So please take a minute for just silent internal reflection. Okay, so wrapping it up and staying in your small group, um, we are going to allow another one-minute share per person. So I'll be ringing the bell every one minute. And the one-minute share is really short. It's just sharing one thing that you connected with in this discussion, and then just a brief thank you or appreciation for your group members. So um, maybe take a minute to reflect on it, and then I'll start ringing the bell every minute. I'll ring the bell to start in a minute. And please come back to the large circle after you have a chance to thank your group. So we're going to be moving into a brief kind of review summary 
And Richard's handing out a final um, handout for you guys. I just want to invite you to um, just feel your body sitting. Feel yourself just resting for a moment. Close your eyes, perhaps. And imagine you see your favorite hindrance approaching. (laughs) I want you to notice what you feel in your body. How do you feel about this hindrance coming to visit? Can you say, Ciao, Bella. Hello, beautiful. Right? So just... Just stay with this approaching hindrance and try on seeing them as a force to investigate, as an opportunity to strengthen your practice and just notice what happens in your body. And now... Imagine again, maybe the same favorite hindrance or another one approaching. And this time, just imagine seeing them as not personal, but rather just a normal part of human experience to be recognized and understood. And how does that feel? How does that change how you're looking at this approaching hindrance? And then, again, maybe it's another hindrance coming off from over the hill. And seeing it as, oh yes, I know you're, you're that unhelpful strategy I've used for coping and avoiding my suffering. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not so helpful. But a coping strategy. And coping strategies are our efforts to help ourselves. Oh, and it didn't work. Oh, yeah. And then I'd like you to imagine seeing a multiple hindrance attack coming over the horizon, approaching you from afar. And just imagine seeing it as, as like a black hole in space that can hijack your attention and your life energy if you allow it. Oh no, it's an army, right? Just see how that feels. And then I'd like to imagine you thinking about just the peaking up of a hindrance. Maybe sloth and torpor. Maybe a desire, a small desire or something. And just see, see it as a colored lens that if you look through it, if you put it on, it's going to distort the way you see and understand your experience. And just notice how you feel. just staying in this reflective sort of space I'm going to offer you yet another simile we've talked about the water a lot and I'm going to go through each hindrance and just offer another reflection another way of understanding or relating it comes from the similes from the Buddha's teachings And the first is the hindrance of desire. And it's said in the teachings that being free from desire is like being freed from death. Notice 
how that might be so for you. How you might feel like you have the burden of a debt released when you're freed from desire. And it's said in the similes that the the hindrance of ill will that we are re- when we are released from the hindrance of ill will it is like recovering from illness how might that be true for you can you relate to that And it's said that the hindrance of sloth and torpor, when it, when it is released, it is like being released from prison. How might that be true for you? said that the hindrance of restlessness and worry the release from this hindrance is said to be like being freed from slavery being dragged around and told and bossed how might this be true for you And it's said that the hindrance of doubt and freedom from doubt is like being freed from being in a desert with no water, no hope, and leaving that desert and finding water. And how might that be true for you? Oh, um, just like you while you're in this little bit of reflective state, to take a minute and allow yourself to reflect on how this experience of working with the hindrances has changed your practice. And what are the gifts and what are the barriers to working with these hindrances? You know, whether you just experienced tonight and that was it, or you've experienced all five weeks, just uh, six, yeah, the five weeks that felt like, the six weeks that felt like five weeks. Anyway, um, so just give yourself a minute to reflect on that, and then we're going to send the microphone around the circle and invite you to share one brief takeaway or reflection that you're going to take from this class. So there's a mic there and there's a mic there. So whoever would like to start, maybe the people near the mic could pass it. Maybe raise your hand if you, you'd be willing to start. Great, thank you. My name is Ludwig and um, what I walk, what I take away is the image of that army I just saw them like a bunch of goofballs and making a lot of noise and looking so funny and they just wanted to have attention. (laughs) I think the takeaway for me from this class is that it's just more tools for my toolkit for meditation because um, 
not a lot of hindrances had come up for me, and I didn't want a self <laughs> a self fulfilling prophecy to start. <laughs> but I think it's just more tools, which I appreciate. I'm John, uh, and I uh, was surprised to enter into this class tonight. I thought I was just coming to a meditation session, but um, I think that it was very nice to sit in with you all and felt very much like um, I was sitting in that calm pool, um, which is a nice place to be and uh, nice to uh, take with me to meditation. I think like the uh, lady there, there said basically an, another tool set for my toolbox, so thank you. Um, I'm Rob, and I think uh, the thing I got out of this was, was just the spirit of investigation, and just examining different aspects of, of who I am, I guess. Um, I think for me, just kind of noticing that, just, just noticing in daily life when these things are coming up more and, and uh, kind of uh, just just noticing that these are these are normal things that come up for everybody rather than getting down on myself, which is a common thing I do. Uh, in terms of hindrance specific, um, I think what what I'm most taking right now is is just being with whatever it is that comes up and not having to and not thinking or trying not to think but just be with the experience whatever it is and then I just wanted to say in terms of the sangha the community of this is the first class that I've done at IMC and it's just added to this sense of connection and we're referencing the phrase of common humanity earlier in our group and it's really nice So I, I think before the class, there were some hindrances that I was like very aware that I had, probably dwelling on them too much. And that during, now I kind of, this class helped show me the, some other ones that I wasn't even aware of and how they kind of blend together some of it. So it's, it, and I kind of softened on some of the ones that I dwelled on too much. So uh, it was interesting and useful. A little surprised at um, how much impact this session has made on me, um, and I think, kind of investigating all the five hindrances, I've been able to identify which ones are the most um, uh, inhibiting to me, and which ones are the least. And as I investigate them, I can put a shape or a feeling to each one of them. There's a pattern to it. And so I'm kind of like identifying it um, really well. And based on that, I feel like I want to investigate it a little bit more. And so, yeah, but thank you. And also um, the last um, guided um, talk that you just had where you were saying that you're facing each one of those hindrances head on and they're coming over the hills. Like I'm seeing them and I'm facing them. And as I'm, um, investigate them as I'm encountering them I feel the tension being released from my neck and my shoulders and I know that they're there and I always know that it's there um, but that's when I know that I'm, I'm reaching some kind of epitome because the tension is coming out and so I felt that but thank you um, yeah like some of the other people I wasn't expecting a class, or I didn't know I'd be at a class. So, but I, but I will say that you know it's been very helpful. It's sort of like a little bit of a refresher to um, just re remember what it means to sort of be a 
paying attention moment to moment, um, and that um, I was telling these guys earlier, it's it's a challenge while you're doing meditation. It's even more of a challenge sometimes while you're out in the rest of the world. So, thank you. I'm Jordan, and uh, I also ran into this class uh, accidentally, and <laughs> pleasant surprise, and been really helpful actually. Uh, uh, what I got most out of the class, of course, is the invitation to explore these hindrances in kind of great detail. Because uh, my experiences uh, in the past with meditation has been pretty cloudy, I would say. Um, anything I would feel, feel multiple at the same time, I'm sure what they are, even though they do help. Um, and I think this detail exploration is, is good. One thing in particular, I echo the appreciation for that image of them coming over the hill. And for some reason, each one of them took a very you know, resonant image of a particular aspect of the natural world. Um, like restlessness and worry was just this bunch of jagged sticks. And then when you said, you know, look at it less personal, I can see where that's going to help because very often the hindrances for me are why in particular is that being triggered and looking at the content rather than the process more. And I think trying to see it more imagistically will help me get a little less personal. Um, I think for me, um, I'm Haley, by the way. Um, I think for me, one thing that I noticed during that last little like visualization exercise is as um, the different hindrances were coming towards me, I almost like I, I felt gratitude towards them, and I was almost like, okay, you know, what what do you need? What what do you what can you teach me? sort of thing and I felt like having that attitude towards the hindrances like they made them not really hindrances anymore it was more like a like a, a, a way to learn um, well yeah as some others have said you know many tools to add to um, my practice but in particular, tonight it struck me, um, what I'd really like to take away is the experience of the group, the small groups and the being quiet and letting someone else talk as a rule. Um, and it's just been great over the weeks to have to get to practice to do that. And I think um, there's nothing at stake for me in these conversations, so I can do it. And I hope... Um, when I'm at work or with talking with friends or family, I do have a stake in it. I'll still be able to, you know, remember what it feels like to just be quiet and, and really listen. And it's a, it feels really good to, to pay to concentrate that much on, on someone and what they're saying. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for that sharing and, you know, for enriching one another as a group in that way. So... Let's just take a few minutes to uh, go back to settling into a little meditation. And giving your time, yourself time to settle from the richness of everything that you've shared and that you've heard this evening.
allowing yourself to extend just a moment of appreciation to yourself for coming here and allowing yourself to experience something about the hindrance or these hindrances and seeing the kindness in that, just acknowledging these normal human qualities that arise and that also pass and how by being kind to yourself in noticing them and extending a ciao bella to them that you're being kind to yourself and also kind to others in the world around you. Appreciating how these hindrances are actually a gateway to freedom from suffering. It said, you know, what's in the way is the way. And these hindrances are a marvelous road towards freedom for you and for others around you. So may whatever benefit you've gained from this practice during these classes or this just this evening, may that benefit warm your heart, bring more kindness and compassion into the world and bring you to freedom, an increasing level of freedom from whatever stress goes on in your day, whatever suffering goes on in your life. And may that ripple out from you to the people in your family, your friends, your workplace and out into the wider world so that all beings can be free from suffering. Thank you so much for your participation in that process. I also want to thank you for your participation. Wish you well. Hope to see you around. <laughs>